Today's episode of The Wretched Hive is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash hive. That's H-I-V-E. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to The Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Well, there's no tomorrow for Colin Trevorrow. Colin is out. JJ is in for episode nine, and we've got it all for you. Oh, thank you. Here, let's try that. There, now that's funny. <laughs> I thought you were going to hit the record button there is what I thought you were going to do. <laughs> We've got all the news for you because you have found the Wretched Hive podcast for Friday, September 5th, 2017. Episode or 15th. F- episode, f- oh, what did I say? I got the date wrong again. <laughs> no, take three. September 15th. Thank you, Gregory. 2017, episode 45 of the show. And uh, my name is Steve Baldwin. And the rest of the hive is with me. Got a lot of news to cover tonight. And uh, boy, a lot of news on the Star Wars front. I cannot believe how much there is to cover. I had to cut like half of the show notes out, guys. So I apologize for that. I know you guys prep a lot for the show, so I'm sorry. Yeah, Tons of prep. (laughs) Tons of prep this week, Steve. Let me introduce the guys here. As always, my Wookiee co-pilot, Greg Lent. I feel like I have much in common with Leonardo DiCaprio. No, it's not the money. It's not the good looks. It's not the fame. Not even I'm king of the world. I'm going down on a fucking sinking ship that is my Toshiba laptop here is what it is. <laughs> so, congratulations. Exactly. Oh, man. I thought it was the beard. The beard. Definitely the beard. Yeah, he have a beard. Going for, I mean, he did for that bear movie, didn't he? Yeah. That was the best crawling through snow movie <laughs> that you'll ever see. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours of crawling through snow and Tom Hardy mumbling incoherently. Also on the show tonight, as always, lifelong Star Wars fan, Scott Ivansky. I'm here to announce tonight, gentlemen, I shot first. You did? I did. Yeah. It wasn't Han, wasn't Guido. It wasn't. That's it was, what she said. It was, <laughs> she and it could was, confirm it. It wasn't Guido either, but holy crap, so, man. I always say Guido. I don't know. Do, do we know <laughs> that? Father, yeah, I got a, I got a R problem. Do we know that beverages. Guido was a Guido? Do we know that he was Italian? I didn't know that. <laughs> Cheers to all our Italian friends out there. <laughs> hey, the Han Solo, why you why you not paying the bounty? <laughs> Also joining the show, the captain of the Millennial Falcon, Nico Rodriguez. Hear ye, hear ye. Counted for all five of us. I'm excited that everybody's Skype seems to be in working order so far for this show. Now you just totally screwed it all up. (laughs) We did have to restart twice, but, you know, we're starting 40 minutes late, but that's not uncommon for this show. 
Hey, my computer works. And finally! Finally, jeez. We have. We have. Dave! Eat it a lot of the pasta. Under... <laughs> no circumstances! Absolutamente none. Should you ever... Oh, no, 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 no! <laughs> <laughs> and I mean <laughs> Never <laughs> Call him Dirty Harry Potter. Potter Oh my god I don't know where to go after that <laughs> This keeps Good getting better morning. and better every week. It gets better and better. Good morning, wait, wait. afternoon, evening, wherever and whenever you are, however you are listening to us. The Hive is 5x5 five five tonight. Uh, once our producer and, and host, my favorite Rebel Scum, Steve Baldwin, go. gets it back together. Dude, you just went from <laughs> Italian to like some Middle Eastern. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what that was. And then know. Super Mario Brothers, man. I don't know what his brain... <laughs> I don't know. I still think my favorite was the German one. Yeah, the German one was strong. <laughs> that took some prep. And, and to be to be fair, the, uh, the Super Mario Brother wasn't brothers both of them actually were italian yeah yeah that makes it okay yeah. wait weren't they japanese it's not cultural appropriation at all in the slightest don't even think that it is whitewashing anyway dave i'm so, sorry i hijacked your your opening uh parlay there go go ahead my no friend. no it's all right i was just gonna say because i know there's absolutely nothing star wars related that we need to cover on the podcast tonight so i know i have a lot of fill that i have to do here on the front end to make up some time but I did just want to throw out, again, public acknowledgement. Thank you to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Baldwin for accompanying myself and Christine to see uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, over the weekend. Uh, <laughs> one of my all-time favorite sci-fi movies has a very sentimental spot in my heart just because my father is not a fan of movies, not at all, and that was one that he took me to as a kid. So I was excited to get to go see it again in theaters and very excited to get to share it with, uh, with some good friends. Oh, thank you. That was a lot of fun for us, too. Great movie. Best part, arguably, was the, the little pre-show they did with Shatner, the little interview show, and he talked about the con scene and and uh, had a lot of great anecdotes. So that was a lot of fun. Yes. Yes, it was great watching watching my idol as a childhood you know, person, Bill Shatner, go from complete lucidity to just bumbling, stumbling, elderly, dotting, dotterly old man in the space of like 15 seconds. You know, you know, Dave, they call childlike persons, childish persons. They call them children. Please, please tell me, though, at the at the infamous con moment that the entire theater erupted in one in one um, simultaneous con, though. Uh, all 17 of us stood up and cheered. Oh, please. Oh, yes. there was only 17 of you? Oh. It, was, it, was an, it was a very iconic moment, and yes, oh, we did. Excellent. Maybe about double that. There might have been about 30 in the theater. It was is, that when you, is that when you guys throw toast at the screen? Yeah, say, <laughs> <laughs> a toast! Has it, has it become the Rocky Horror? Is that what, is that what you're saying was, here? Nick, was Nico alive when Star Trek II came out? No. 1982. No. Not even close. No. <laughs> I wasn't even a squidling in my daddy's sack at that moment. <laughs> but you were an I egg just... in your mama, because all those eggs were there. So you were, I was around. A... you were around. I was just 
I was a squiddling in my daddy's tube sock at that moment still. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How'd you survive that? My God. I don't know. Considering my dad was like 16, right? No, he's my he's my age, isn't he? Yeah. He was 12. He was 12. Yeah. Wait, I think he's a... I think he's... No, yeah, yeah, he is the same age as you. Maybe a year older. You're a math child. is so, wait. We are well, not, we are not doing math problems again. <laughs> I just got podcast over the weekend. <laughs> that was the most god awful seven minutes of of radio or internet entertainment I've ever heard in my life. How many how many how many how many scaramuchis is he though? How many scaramuchis is he? <laughs> scaramuchis is a factor of ten. So. If you divide it by ten, that's how many Scaramucci's it is. Is this what I missed last time? Thank God. <laughs> I wish we had that Scaramucci for the last math problem. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, if you were a squiddling in your father's tube sock, give us a call. Let us know how that went. 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. You can check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash wretched hive podcast or you can find us on our home on the web that's www.therechedhive.net and you can find all of our previous show notes um all the links are live you can go and find more information on the story you heard on the wretched hive so go check it out and if you do you'll do twice as much research as anybody but steve on the show true story true that actually i don't know nico I don't know if twice as much is a good number. Let's go with uh, 10 Scaramucci's percent more than anybody else on the show. (laughs) (laughs) All right, talking about getting ready for the show. Let's chat. From ABC News World Headquarters, this is ABC World News Tonight. No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the Wretched Hive. So be it. Well, guys, big news in the Star Wars universe this week as Colin Trevorrow is out as Episode Nine director, widely reported this week and announced uh, on StarWars.com. The article I'm looking at is from Variety. Colin Trevorrow out as Star Wars Episode Nine director. Uh, Disney issued a short statement on Tuesday. This would be uh, Tuesday, what was it, September 12th, 12th. 12th or so. Well, Lucasfilm and Colin Trevorrow have mutually chosen to part ways on Star Wars Episode Nine. The statement said, Colin has been a wonderful collaborator throughout the development process, but we've all come to the conclusion (coughs) that our visions for the project differ. We wish Colin the best and we'll be sharing more information about the (coughs) film soon. I I sense some dissenting opinions coming here. Well, this is such a it's not you, it's me moment, I feel like. <laughs> well, And if you're a director on a Star Wars movie right now, you need to be looking for a second gig just in case. Because it seems to be like something in the water over at Disney where they just don't like their directors. Does this mean that the Star Wars franchise is in trouble in any way? Is there certainly a lot of internet conjecture and talk on all the Facebook message boards and group Star Wars groups that, you know, the fans... Fans are worried that there's something wrong. So let's let's just start with that. And Dave, I'm going to start with you. Does the firing of Colin Trevorrow indicate that there's something wrong here that we should be concerned about? No, honestly. Letting him go at this point, I think, means there's there's something right. And it goes back to the, the theme I've had for a long time, which is Kathleen Kennedy is in charge. This is her baby. 
if you cannot get along with Kathleen Kennedy, if you are not comfortable with that, don't even raise your hand. Don't even express an interest in doing this. She is the lead sled dog. You have to follow her. It's, it's not surprising to me at all that Colin was having some trouble and therefore he had to go. I'm thankful that they did it now as opposed to Han Solo where they did it very, very, very far along in the process. That still is the most troubling one to me. Yeah. Greg, do you, do you, what's your sense of this? Do you feel like, you know, first we had, obviously we had Lord and Miller let go um, unceremoniously from the Han Solo film. But this is different. This is this is an episodic Star Wars film. This is like the holy grail of the Star Wars universe when you start talking about the Star Wars films and the episodic films. What is Kathy Kennedy doing here? Is she t- is she in control or is she is she doing right by the Star Wars franchise or do you think that she's uh, she's out of control here? I, I I think she's totally in control. I, I agree with kind of what Dave says. She's she's has a vision for the franchise and she knows where the franchise wants to go and she's a good judge. Damn, we're getting three 40 PM. years of story create create creation now going on. I'm going to try and just power through it and, and hopefully some of it comes up. Um, she has years and years of experience in story creation. She knows what makes a good story. I think my take on it, if I'm going to make two quick points here, the first point being if they could go back in time I don't think they would announce the directors of all these movies quite so soon. I think that they, I think that they would actually play these things out and actually, I think they were excited about getting the franchise going. I think people wondered who was going to be making all these movies, and so they announced these filmmakers. And I think in hindsight, that was really premature to do so. They should have just set a normal production run because firing a director like Colin Trevorrow at this point in in pre-production i think happens more often than not more often than we actually realize it's just that movies aren't usually as under the microscope as this one is so i i think that it just shows to, and to the second point that Cass and she knows the kind of creative partner she partner she wants to work with it's not a i don't consider it a slight against colin trevorrow or in, in any in any way shape or form they're just not good creative partners and so if that's the case you cut bait with that person you don't sit there and try and make it work what's interesting to me about this though is that they i mean isn't there some sort of vetting process in the beginning was there an interview i mean scott why why even bring in colin trevorrow in the beginning if if you're just going to let him go and the, the same the same thing could be said for lord and miller she knew what she was getting I'm just to play devil's advocate here because I, I tend to agree with you guys, but the, the internet feeling is there's something wrong. Um, this is some signal that they're not, you know, screening these guys well enough or not prepping well enough. And that could lead to problems down the line. Yes. Um, first of all, I'm going to say this. I actually agree with all of you guys. I know we typically try to, like you said, Steve, play devil's advocate here, but I do have a tendency to agree with the basic points here. However, I'm going to add a couple new uh, twists to this and answer your question, hopefully at the same time, Steve. Um, one, I think Lord and Miller were brought in just because of their track. Actually, both of them, Colin Trevorrow and Lord and Miller, were all brought in based on their track record. I mean, Colin Trevorrow doing Jurassic World and making, uh, what, seven hundred, nearly $700 million domestically mm. is a huge, huge amount of money for a, a film franchise, like re, revitalizing a, a film franchise, Lord Miller, their track record has been phenomenal. Their their success is there. 
the problem I think is they hire it based off of their track records and not necessarily for their creative side. Um, I know uh, producers typically want to bring in the directors to direct a certain way. Um, but in the case of a franchise like Star Wars, I know Kathy Kennedy has a little more control over this based off of, I think, the buyout that originally happened with Lucasfilm. She was the one who was basically being transferred over from the original George Lucas camp to Disney's camp to maintain and continue the whole company. Everything, everything that was moving on, she was the one that was basically put in charge. And given the, the thumbs up from George handing over to Disney. So I, I think she's trying to understand too. So let me let me back this up for just a second or add on to this. Uh, I think one of the biggest things right here is from the Lord Miller experience, shooting that far into it, and this kind of touches on what Greg said a little bit. She's seen something that's probably happening we won't know about maybe maybe never, if not years down the road, that there was some difference. Obviously, that's there is some basis of truth there. They differed in their ideas or their approach to the film. But what she's seen differently is we have a chance to, to handle this now before major shooting starts. We're in pre-production. Let's take care of this and bring somebody in that knows the franchise. And other than the fact that uh, Colin Trevorrow shot an amazing film with uh, Jurassic World. Mm -hmm. A summer blockbuster, I'll give it that. It was still a fun movie. It had its problems, but it's still a fun, fun movie. You know, here's a chance for her to say, you know what, his his vision isn't what we're seeing. Let's let him go. At this point, no bad blood, and we'll get the person we want in here who we have a good track record with, and that's J.J. Abrams, who established this new trilogy. Well, that's a great bridge. Stop, stop quoting Taylor Swift like that, Scott. It's... Oh, you son <laughs> of a bitch. You <laughs> son of a bitch. I'm coming she after you. way too milktoast to bring in here. Haters going to hate. Son of you, hater. You are well, coming after you, Dave. That's a great bridge because, you know, now, uh, actually, was it just yesterday, uh, Lucasfilm and announced on StarWars.com that J.J. Abrams has been brought on to write and direct Star Wars Episode Nine, And to quote uh, Lucasfilm President Kathy Kennedy here, um, with The Force Awakens, J.J. delivered everything we could have possibly hoped for, and I'm so excited that he's coming back to close out this trilogy. Along with that, there was a note about uh, the fact that Star Wars Episode Nine has been bumped back. The release date was bumped back to December 20th, and Dave, they, they oh so casually announced that like three hours after they announced J.J. Abrams as the writer-director. And I got to hand it to Dave. Dave called that one. He said <laughs> immediately in our thread, so this is going to push the film back. And you were right about that, Dave. Uh, back from May to December 20th, 2019. So now we're on the Christmas schedule for the episodic films. Guys, guys, I got some breaking news coming in right now, right off my phone. Taylor Swift is set to write an original piece similar to the Ewok Nub Nub song. There you oh, go. It'll be right the first there. original piece she's ever written. Yeah, no. You're right about that. No, I like Taylor Swift. Oh, I'm so cool. sorry. Yub Nub. Yub Nub for life. Oh, my is God. It, is there it's... any truth to the rumor that the working title of this is Star Wars Episode Nine Into Darkness? <laughs> well, if you pay attention to the uh, Star Wars fan message boards and fan and, and god help you if you do on uh on the right. facebook and the twitter the facebook on the did you say the twitter. facebook i said the, the facebook, facebook. Uh, nico do you want a piece of this real quick <laughs> oh my god i'm already like 
Holy shit. Steve's, <laughs> Steve's old school. He's an original adopter when it actually was the Facebook. I mean, I want to go back a little bit and just, you know, skip back like a minute and a half. Mm. Um, we call her T-Swift. <laughs> BT-Dubs. Oh, T-Swift? BTW, which is by the way. So in case you were wondering about any of that. Okay. All right. Also, You're educating us. Go ahead. It, Keep going. The URL is not www.thefacebook.com. It's just www.facebook.com. There's no the. It's cleaner. There's, there's no need for the. I, I just I just want to say I just typed into a web browser the Facebook and oh God we'll never know what happened we'll never know <laughs> it's funny because we we don't have any we don't hear any distortion from him it just drops out randomly it's so funny it's so uh, perfect oh I was God. I was making a little joke by saying the Facebook Nico I I was not being serious about it. I know it's Facebook. You're not allowed to be funny. Because I go on the Twitter all the time. Right. It's our job to be funny, Steve. Okay, it's I'm not sorry. your job. You're right. I'm the, straight, I'm the straight man here. My bad. My Stay bad. in your lane. <laughs> so uh, I, I belong to many Star Wars groups on the Facebook. And uh, one of them that I think a few of us belong to is called Star Wars Porgcast. Star Wars Porcast Alliance, and there's a uh, Star Wars Porncast. Yes, I'm I'm a big fan of that one. No, that's a different that's oh, a different oh, one. I'm sorry. Steve. I swear I swear to God, if they don't change the name back, I am going to leave that group. Steve, <laughs> if you look at it, they actually called that one the Star Wars Porcast Alliance. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, really quick. My 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 wife, the lovely Lisa Baldwin has a problem with band names and putting the in front of them. Like, she used to say, the sticks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And I teased her relentlessly about the sticks. uh, And then I would say, like, we're going to see the Led Zeppelin and Doors. (laughs) Right? You know. I had to throw that out there. Dude, what did she do with the the? I don't know. Oh she, my! God. They were the 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 the, and I would say like, "Oh, you listening to the Depeche Mode?" You know, just to oh, piss her off. Man. She did she did she enjoy it when we went to see the U two? Yeah, the U two <laughs> was great. Uh, so anyway, on the Facebook, he is gonna hate all of us because we're all going to rub that joke into the ground. Oh, no. Will oh, you do oh. it? Will you? <laughs> I may never get to have sex again. Actually, oh, no, you you will. Don't worry. It'll right. be a few months. Oh, but thanks, buddy. No, but thank you. But no, that's okay. No, thanks. no, you gotta. Got a porg. <laughs> I, got, I, I got a six foot porg in my garage. You got a six foot porg right behind you, man. You can swipe plug the porg. left. Swipe left. <laughs> swipe left. <laughs> hey, Nico, the old guy's got that joke. So there is a guy on Star Wars podcast, Porgcast Alliance, and his name is Jason Rose. And I just, I, I have to read his 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 uh, tweet, his Facebook post from today. Because there was so much angst about J.J. Abrams taking over Episode Nine, And frankly, I am a fan of J.J. I think he did a great job with The Force Awakens. It's not a perfect movie, but for God's sakes, we all saw it five times and love it. Okay? okay. So, the guy... Wait, you only saw it five times? I'm in the theater, and then, you know, several other times uh, at home. Yeah. 
so so Jason <laughs> alone time. Yes, <laughs> by myself in a dark room with my porg. Jason Rose on Facebook did the force. This awaken. is what he posted today, <laughs> earlier today, as we uh, as we record the show on Wednesday, September thirteenth. There's been an awakening. Jason Rose on the Star Wars podcast. And it's in my pants. <laughs> Jason says, no joking. There isn't a single director out there that I wouldn't prefer to Abrams. He is my literal least favorite choice for nine. The fact that he already had his hands near the project is irrelevant. All he does in any of his TV and films is ask questions and then fail to answer them and even fail to have in his mind an answer for them, as per seven. And every finale he has made has been disappointing. He's good at a mystery with no, quote, real answer, unquote, like Super 8 or 10 Cloverfield Lane or even the original Cloverfield, even though that film was garbage but to capstone the most infamous and intertwined nine episode arc of films in history, he'll be a complete liability. Goes on to say at the end, sigh. I just feel so defeated by the news. New Canon has been a struggle from the start in terms of character arcs. Uh, let's see. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's pretty long. He says at the, at the very end, he says, I'm looking forward to eight though. And there's always a chance he'll be kicked out of nine halfway through to replace by Johnson LOL. So I, I, I'm curious to know what you guys think about Mr. Rose's post. Well, I never knew the comic shop guy from Simpsons had an actual name. So this is this is really good to know that because all that's missing from that is worst director ever. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand it. Nico, do you... I mean, are you with him or what, what, what's your thoughts on, what are your thoughts on, on JJ taking over for Ep9? I mean, I don't know the guy who made the OP, um, but if he thinks that this needs to end at episode 90, he's a fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> and if he didn't like episode 7 because JJ introduced a bunch of characters, opened up a lot of questions, and didn't answer them because there's going to be two more fucking movies that are coming out to answer those fucking questions, then he's, like, in the wrong fandom. You need to go somewhere else. You know, there's, like, some vampires or wizards or some shit you can go watch movies about. But, um, also, uh, yeah, no, I really liked Seven. Um, I think they did a fantastic job with it, and I think JJ did an awesome job. Um, directing it, there was not as many um, lens flares as I thought there were going to be, so that was really cool. Um, and if he can just keep them down, you know, under the fifty in in a in a film for nine, I think I'll be super stoked. And if he does leave it open ended for an episode ten, holy shit, there's going to be you know twelve plus movies of Star Wars. Get over it; they're all going to be great, and you're going to buy all of them when they're released on Blu-ray and direct to brain download like get over yourself dude yeah now i and i don't mean to pick on jason in 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 particular and i don't know him either he's 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 from the uk and he's an active member in this in this group i i just that explains everything this 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 post (laughs) was sort of like uh typical of a lot of what i read today and and scott i don't know if you've heard some of the same or read some of the same stuff, but I just don't understand the vitriol around, around JJ. And I'm not being a star Wars apologist here. I honestly don't understand why people are so upset about him directing. Can you explain it to me? 
Um, let me let me give that a shot. But hang on, I have to say a couple things real quick. I, I have to point out something. He talks about the absolute worst or what, right? Worst director ever. Last to... cho- his last choice there for a nine. Quote: There isn't a single director out there that I wouldn't prefer to Abrams. Okay. Uh, Jason, let's talk about M. Night Shyamalan. And... <laughs> Shyamalan ding dong. Okay, that guy does not have a good track record. I'm sorry. He had he had a lot going for him. but uh, And let, let's talk about somebody else with a, a franchise in their hands who completely destroyed a franchise. And I can say it in one word, and I'll guarantee you every guy on this show and almost every guy and girl listening to this show will understand what I'm talking about. Nipples. Batman, please. Joel Schumacher, people. Jason, come on, man. There are worse directors out there. And J.J. Abrams, now I'm going to touch on what you were talking about, Steve. Look, J.J. Abrams, we all love him and we all have issues with him because of certain things that we've all discussed in our little, you know, little circles of pop culture, fun, and all that stuff. But for the most part, J.J. Abrams writes some really and directs some really fun almost Spielberg-like films. And I really enjoy that about him. We don't have enough of that in the world today. So as much as I can bitch and complain and argue about some of the, you know, his too many lens flares and all that stuff, and yes, that is an issue with me, I like the fact that they're bringing him back. He did establish everything in The Force Awakens. I know a lot of people talked about it being a duplicate of A New Hope, but let's give this guy a chance. I mean, the worst thing we could do is have something just a little bit better than Return of the Jedi. I was going to say, I look forward to having a movie that's completely derivative for Return of the Jedi. <laughs> With more lens flares and maybe less poop jokes or fart jokes. So wow. here's here's something I want to just throw out that I, I think is, is interesting. Is the friction... Well, there's two things I want to throw out. The friction seems to be centered around the direction of the story. Because we talk about how they're not into production yet. Production was scheduled to start in February of 2018, and they're not there yet. They're clearly not happy with the story. They had brought in a new writer a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a couple of months ago, and we all kind of said at the time, "Well, hey, hang on, internet haters. This could be the sign that uh, that you'll get your wish, and this guy will get drunk, run out of town on a rail." And it turns out he did. So they're really going back to the drawing board. They clearly had some kind of a basic plot or structure in mind for the whole trilogy. But if they're shooting the release date back six months to give J.J. time to recraft the script from scratch, they're they're clearly re-envisioning the whole thing. And one thing I wonder is, does this have anything to do, does Carrie Fisher's death play any part in this? Because they clearly had a story arc in mind for Carrie Fisher's character. She was, from everything that we've heard, supposed to play a bit of an integral role in episode 9, and obviously she's not around to anymore. They had to do a major shift in what the story was going to be, and I'm wondering if that doesn't didn't wind up contributing to what the friction is, is maybe they were all in agreement, you know, Colin and, Ke- and Kennedy and everybody, initially, here's what's going to happen, and when you lose Princess Leia as your, your a main driving character for the film, you had to go somewhere else, and that's where it it went off the rails. Dave, you, Total you make, speculation on my part. Uh, no, Dave, you, you make a great point. I'm going to go ahead and interject over Scott real quick and say, um, episode 7, she's now General Leia, not Princess anymore. Good point, go <coughs> Nico. She'll, uh, she'll no, always but... be a princess to me. <laughs> oh, this is going to get a little creepy. <laughs> we got we got a giant porg behind us, guys. It's creeping me out. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say you have a giant porg behind you. You're the last person to say something. Always gonna get watching, Wazowski. <laughs> always watching. <Damn. laughs> 
Uh, Dave, you make a great point, and that was something I was going to try and bring up too, but there were a couple things that happened in the course of uh, on some sort of social media platform that there were some little blurbs that were like leaked out there talking about Princess Le- or I'm sorry, excuse me, Nico, General Leia, mm-hmm. uh, but Leia's character, uh, how she would be involved in, in, in Episode uh, 3 and how that was actually gonna, I'm sorry, Episode 9, my god. Uh, the Jameson is kicking in tonight, guys. It it's feeling good. Uh, episode 9, um, I think a couple things came out where uh, somebody related to her camp said something that she was going to be in episode nine. Kathleen Kennedy came back to retract that and say, no, that's not happening at all. And I think even Colin Trevorrow had some statements saying that they were trying to work in at least some kind of closure to her story. If I think we talked about it on the show. Maybe? We, well, episode nine was intended and we covered this on the show a few episodes. Ago, yes. Was going to be her film. Right, right. And she talked about that, right? Yeah. That was in an interview where Han's movie was Force Awakens, mm-hmm. Luke's was going to be The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. and then hers was going to be that kind of focus point on the on the last film. Right. I think it's, it's very interesting. It makes me wonder if there was some sort of tension between how they want it. it clearly, they say the direction of the film uh, is was not... They were not together on that. And I think Colin Trevorrow might have wanted to do more with the Leia character and maybe closing it out. I, I, we won't know this. Hopefully, we will know something eventually. But honestly, I, that, that's my feeling on it. Well, the other thing that I thought was interesting about this, and Steve, I, I think I discussed this with you. When they got rid of Lord and Miller, there were, there were leaks from anonymous sources that were clearly in the Lucasfilm camp describing the, the difference of vision between Kennedy and, and these guys. And it, it was very striking and stern, but it was a, it was a pretty professional you know problem that was happening that was being described these leaks that have come out about colin they're clearly from the lucasfilm camp and they feel a lot more personal to me maybe i'm just projecting but it just seems a lot more like no i really don't like you and you're done wow yeah there were stories out there just today and and this afternoon prior to the show that i read uh that were quite personal saying that you know Suggesting that no, he was fired. Yeah, he was. He was fired for being a giant, a giant dick in so many words. Right, and that he board? was just an egomaniac on his on the last film, The Book of Henry, that that just tanked. Uh, after following his success of Jurassic World, he just you know got this big head and was uh, acting like uh, Mr. Hollywood, and it's not going to fly with somebody like Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. I'm just really confused. If if Kathy's over here having so many problems with so many of her directors, and they're not following the vision that she wants, and she, they're, you know, she's not happy with the direction of the film and words, and fucking step up. Sit in the chair. Make some calls. <laughs> Let's see you direct a fucking film. <laughs> wow. Says, says noted and award-winning filmmaker Nico Rodriguez. <laughs> hey, I'm not the one who's firing directors who have made multi-hundred million dollar, billion dollar films. Who have, you know, positive track records. And I'm, you know, I'm not the one who's firing those people. I'm also not the one who's going to be making the Kathleen Kennedy paychecks. But... You know, if she's the one who's going around and saying that these people aren't good enough, and the only person who's good enough for a a, a, a Star Wars film is freaking J.J. Abrams, then you know, like I already said, he's a he's a good director, and I and I I stand behind him. Um, but 
if she's got so much of an issue with so many people, why doesn't she direct one of the films? I would love to see, you know, like, if, I don't know, um, where I'm going with this. My A.E. Jameson is kicking in now, and I've lost my train of thought. You know, the, what, what do they say about casting the first stone, right? Whatever that is. All right. Well, yeah. let he who has Come on. sinned. Oh, I was going to say, let him finish the thought. Let uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, she's doing her job. Right. I mean, I, I think, you know, Star Wars is the golden child, cash cow, guaranteed hit, almost guaranteed. No matter what they put out, fans are going to go and see it at least once. Um, and she's doing her job. Ryan Johnson, uh, by all accounts, wrote an amazing uh, draft for Episode Eight and did a great job directing. He's got a track record with Looper and Brick and the other films he's done. Um and, you know, so he made it just fine. Gareth Edwards, team player, nice guy, no ego. You know, those two are are very similar in the fact that they really don't seem like they've got a chip on their shoulder, even in, in just interviews. You know, Lord and Miller, I didn't hear much from Trevorrow, but Lord and Miller certainly seemed that way to me. Um, and, and I don't know them personally at all. Of course, it's just what I see them through media. But I... I, I see Kathy Kennedy doing her job as a producer and um, and doubling down as the president of Lucasfilm. You know, that's that's her role, and she's doing it well. So I say go, Kathy. Am Give I us- the only person who, whenever I hear the phrase golden child, thinks of Eddie Murphy? <laughs> uh, no, I do all the time. <laughs> okay. The uh, the bad guy in that movie was uh, Charles Dance, who was famous... Famous for not finishing sentences. Went on to play. Exactly. <laughs> Goddamn right. What was he famous? What was he famous for? Uh, Tywin Lannister, Game yeah. of Thrones. Oh, yeah, good pull, Dave. Yeah. I I I I I want the knife. Come on, that's for you, man. <laughs> so, going back, getting off the golden child, getting off the golden child, back onto the pork for a second. Getting off the golden child. Did it become one of those podcasts? Yeah. Son yes. Of a bitch. This is gonna get crazy. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Greg, uh, time out for a second. Go for hey, it. Hey, 3PO, hold on one second. Wow. Uh, Nico, let's talk about this for a second. You know, Kathleen Kennedy really doesn't have that big of a track record in Hollywood. Uh, she only has a couple small hits. So let's just go over some of those and we'll see what she has here. Uh, let's see. E.T., the extraterrestrial, low-budget film, right? Uh, Jurassic Park, Star Wars The Last Jedi is coming up. That's a new thing for her. Lincoln, The Sixth Sense. Color Purple, War Horse, Munich, The Adventures of Tintin, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, The Empire or Empire of the Sun. I just had a Lisa moment there. <laughs> oh, she's gonna call me out on that. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> War of the Worlds, AI, Sea Biscuit, uh, Han Solo, A Star Wars Story, Hook, Bridges of Madison County, Twister. Hang on, let me go back a couple more decades. Uh, uh, you know what? Let's just stop there. All right, all right. We so I I, I object, sir. Uh, how many of those movies did she direct? None of those films. But I do want to point. Out, I want to point out one thing, though. I think also, Dave. <laughs> Dave, you have to open your mouth when you do that. It works better. Continue, Scott. Wait, wait. Let's point out something we are not talking about, guys. Kathleen Kennedy direct or produced the first Jurassic Park film. Colin oh. Trevorrow directed the reboot of the franchise 
and it made way more than the original film. Wait a minute, are you saying that Kathy Kennedy fired Colin Trevorrow because she's <laughs> jealous? Jealous! Ooh. Oh, what jealous! Petty, you heard it here first. Petty, small human being. <laughs> I just want to say Transformers, the the last night, what's the one that came out, Rosu? The last night yep. has, ma- has made more money been gone with the wind not adjusted God. for inflation <laughs> i didn't tell, i didn't say that this has made more money therefore <laughs> by scott's logic transformers the last night must be a better movie it is <laughs> Absolutely. oh my god you know what i was thinking guys i was thinking uh we should have a listener meetup to see episode eight in theaters Holy shit, there'll be like six people. That's right. <laughs> and we'll be all of them. We, we should invite our we, listeners of the Wretched Eye podcast to meet us at a theater. And uh, we'll do a little mini show. And we'll go see the movie together. All, all right. right. So just, just for fun, I looked up from Box Office Mojo. Uh, Jurassic World, adjusted for inflation, made $702 million domestic. Domestic. Jurassic Park, adjusted for inflation, made... Eight hundred and seventeen million dollars. Oh yeah, fake yeah, numbers, yeah. fake numbers, fake numbers, fake news, fake numbers. You don't even have a fucking video stream going. I gotta look at your high school picture. <laughs> How do you adjust fake for inflation? Numbers. Like, what is there? Like every year, does the new inflation multiplier come out for the yes. year? Here, yep. that's that is exactly how it works. Why do we have to? I'm okay. So, the, welcome exactly. to the <laughs> welcome to the economics hive here. No, it, no, Nico, it's it's easy. Adjusting for inflation is easy. You just have to hold the steering wheel a little bit to the left because your car will drift to the right <laughs> when you. That's how you adjust. Welcome to the wretched hive math for inflation. You, you take the, you, you take the num you take the number. That was on the original year, and you multiply what? it by one Scaramucci for every ten years. <laughs> yeah. I had to take these. Off. Uh, I Wait, hope... that doesn't make sense because if you multiply it by one Scaramucci <laughs> oh for God. every ten years, you're multiplying it by one, and then your inflation becomes a factor of zero, and you're multiplying everything by one. The dollars are the same. So your points moot, Greg. Obviously, you failed math in high school with that beautiful <laughs> smile and those gorgeous blue eyes. I hate math. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Math is hard. Can we have a math segment every Okay, if you're a listener to the show, can you go back and just verify what Nico just said? Rewind the show and do that math because I don't think that was correct. But I don't know. I One think that was the for every 10 years, he said. Oh, he did. A Scaramucci okay. is 10. <laughs> if you have one Scaramucci for every 10 years, that's 10 for 10. That's one. It's not a Scaramucci, though. Oh, here we oh go! Oh my God! All right, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling us out, guys. This is getting too difficult. <laughs> my brain, out. my brain is starting to hurt. Yes. Never pull out, Steve. Never pull mm. out. It's, it's not your brain that's hurting. Mm. Hey guys, we need to uh, honor oh, man. the Kamea. If they keep us, if they keep us <laughs> after this one, we need to honor our sponsor. And that's Audible.com, guys. Audible.com is offering for listeners of the Wretched High podcast a only. free audio audiobook download, free today only, uh, to go along with a free 30-day trial of their service. Maybe more than today. 
uh, so you have an opportunity to check it out. And uh, all you need to do, really, guys, this is a great service. Audible.com really provides some of the highest quality audio content you can find online. Uh, you can download the book of your choice in any any of the uh, wide variety of formats. You can burn it onto a CD. You can download an MP3 file. You can listen through your app on your phone. You can listen to your, on your computer at home. Super easy. And all you need to do to get a free audio book is to go to audibletrial.com forward slash hive. That's H-I-V-E. Uh, audibletrial.com forward slash hive and uh, there you can claim your free audiobook and a free 30 day trial so go check it out don't make me come down there and beat your dumb millennial ass because I will I've had a long f***ing week and I'm looking for the Wretched Hive Podcast All right, guys, we are going to move on here. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about in the news this week. I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was a, uh, yeah. Wait, Steve, are you going to totally, like, ignore the fact that Scott's brandishing a weapon in your presence? (laughs) What did you? (laughs) He's just happy to see him, Nico. It's okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. I mistook the bright blue and orange Nerf gun that Scott was pointing no, at Steve's that, head for. I would, well, no, no, let's be clear, better. guys. I would never do that to Steve. He runs the mothership. Is that a Nerf gun in your pocket? Or are you just glad to see me? I think the Porg was happy to see me. Wow. I was threatening the Porg's life. That's all. I was so, just... Welcome to the Wretched Hive After Dark, everybody. <laughs> so did you guys get a chance to see the, the story about the NASA patch? That is Star Wars inspired. So awesome. <laughs> Doug Chang uh, from Lucasfilm went on uh, the Star Wars show to talk about working with NASA to design this patch. Now, this patch is super cool. It's sort of shaped like the Millennium Falcon. It's got some Star Wars droids. I'm going to let Doug take over here and uh, tell us all about it. That's small moon. That's no moon. Growing up, I was always a huge fan of science and space, and if I wasn't in the film business designing for movies, I would hopefully be working for NASA. There is a long pronounced history with mission patches, both from the aviation industry as well as the aeronautics industry. Traditionally, for NASA-related patches, the astronauts themselves have been designing those patches for years. But at the ISS National Laboratory, we try to collaborate with unique partners to help develop these patches that are representative of all ISS National Lab research during a given calendar year. And who better to collaborate with than Lucasfilm? In designing the, the patch, I had to bring in the best designers that I could uh, you know, think of, and that's Kelly and Stacy of Everly Design. He asked us, hey, would you guys be interested in working on this project? And our eyes were just like, yes. I actually first worked with them on early designs of the Rogue One title. It was a great opportunity for the three of us to work together again. The first step was to figure out, okay, what are the iconic moments or imagery that we want to merge with the space station? Really good stuff. You need to go check out the Star Wars show, uh, from September 6th, Doug Chang and the gang talking about this awesome partnership with NASA. This is actually, actually real spaceships are going to have the Millennium Falcon uh, joining them on the next mission. Pretty cool stuff. That's great. I love it. Isn't that awesome? Chang and the gang. Doug Chang and the gang. I would put that patch on my leather jacket. 
Oh hell yeah, that thing is cool. Oh yeah. Think... You'd have you'd have to be you know astronaut smart to get it, but yeah. Do they sell those? Can you like order them online? I don't know. We should find out. Let's get good to research it, that before it, the it, show, it, huh? It it depends on the patch. Some of them are available only to pilots, and some of them are available to the public. Yeah. Depends on the patch. It's awesome. So it's shaped like the Millennium Falcon. It's uh, it's got the sunset sort of inspired by uh, uh, A New Hope with Luke looking off into the twin suns of uh, Tatooine. It says uh, ISS National Lab, Star Wars Lucasfilm. Uh, it's got three droids. It looks like a looks like a BB-8 unit. Um, who's that? That looks like Chopper, doesn't it? A little yeah, short R2. That is. That's Chopper and then uh, K2SO. And K2SO. It's got the space station. Uh, in the sky above what looks to be the Death Star. Yeah. So pretty pretty awesome. Another partnership at the national level. Star Wars appearing everywhere. You can also have Star Wars on your mail. Guys, Star Wars postage stamps are available. This uh, from HuffingtonPost.com. New Star Wars postage stamps are bleep, bloop, beautiful. They feature uh, some major characters in the Star Wars universe. You got Maz Kanata, you got Chewbacca, you got Snoke, or Emperor Snoke, as we learned last week. Hmm. Of course, you have a Porg. Gotta have a Porg. You got K2SO, 3PO, R2-D2, and BB-8. Yes, yes, because Porgs are such major frickin' characters in the so Star Wars universe. You got R2-D2, 3PO, BB-8, and K2SO. Chewbacca, yeah. All these characters, and then you've got a Porg. Thus, wow, cementing my idea that the fact it's the new Ewok, it's on a fucking I'm, stamp, I'm, dude. I'm with you, buddy. It's on a stamp. Thanks. I'm with you, buddy. Uh, was an Ewok ever on the Millennium Falcon flying alongside Chewie? An Ewok? No, just no, a fucking yeah, speeder so bike. It was a goofball moment. Ooh, if I just hit a bunch of these things. Ooh, you know what? Just for that, that's it. Okay. I'm pissed. You guys are going to get some pork. Uh-oh. We got pork. We got... Oh, my God. It's on my back. Oh, get it off of me. Just wipe it, it off, makes Steve. Noi- oh, yeah, it makes noise, it too. Okay, all right. Ugh. It makes noise? Wait, what, this what, is what, new. What is that, pork? What? Ugh. All right, that's it. There's your 15 minutes, buddy. I swear to God, that's 20 pounds I want I think off he, my back. I think he said, <laughs> fuck you, bastard. I think he said, fuck you, bastard. I'm pretty sure is what he uh, said. If you ha- That pork has got it a does. filthy, filthy mouth. I think he said, take your hand out if of there. That's not, not for you. have not gone back to listen to uh, our, the last episode we published before this one, episode, uh, mini episode number eight. Scott and I were lucky enough to broadcast live from Timeless Pints Brewery. Spent a half an hour talking and uh, recounting my story for winning the 15-pound stuffed porg. <laughs> Dude, seriously, have you weighed that thing? That I thing? don't know, but it's it's heavy. That is heavy. Yeah, it is. Uh, so go back. That's a fun episode. Yeah. Uh, Facebooked it live. We want to do that again for sure. That was a lot of fun. Got to thank uh, Timeless Pints again for uh, having us there that day. That was that was amazing. Timeless Pints Brewery bringing us pints of beer while we're recording the show. <laughs> that was oh, awesome. Man. Guys, Fantastic. we're doing this again. We have to do this. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for scheduling it on a day I didn't have off work, by the way. I <laughs> I felt the love there. Thanks for doing it like 150 miles away from me. That was really awesome. Well, you know, this <laughs> hey. is a you, you got to go you got to go with the scheduling that can that that uh, that can 
that can work. And that's all we could do. I'm sorry, guys. Let, let me answer that for you. Uh, Dave, choose a job. Oh, wait a minute. Just don't have one. And second of all... There you go. <laughs> Nico, uh, you live in BFE, man. Get out of the sticks. Come up here. L.A. I'm not in the sticks. I'm in San Diego, dude. <laughs> it's, it's not really the sticks. <laughs> <laughs> If you live in Los Angeles, San Diego's kind of the sticks. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it, it is all about perspective. Yeah. Uh, lots of as someone who as someone who grew up in the legitimate sticks, by the way. <laughs> a lot of other I grew up in freaking Smallville. A lot of other wait this this the sticks isn't that one of Lisa's favorite bands? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well played. Oh, you're uh, never gonna have sex again, man. This is great. Oh man. <laughs> I got a pork. What are you talking about? I know. See, in the comedy world, that's called bringing it back. Oh yeah. See what he did oh, sit there. That oh, was yeah. that was solid. That was, that was solid. <laughs> He's got an eye job. It'll be fine. <laughs> oh my god. A uh, lot of other products out there. Just got to run down some of these that have come out since uh, Force Friday, which was a couple Fridays ago. Uh, did we just lose one of you? I think we lost. Yes. Well, it sounds like we lost Greg. We lost, Hopefully, he'll be able to. We lost the Lent. Call back. We in. Lost Gregor. And the Scandinavian family living in his beard. <laughs> hopefully, the, I thought they were Ro- Romanian. Hopefully, they bailed out before he had, <laughs> before he had to jump off the call. Guys, guys, we need to get all everyone together. Nico, you need to come up here out of the sticks. Uh, <laughs> let go, come on! Yeah. And, and uh, yep. we're just gonna get Greg really drunk, and then we're gonna shave his beard off. Oh yeah. Great. No. You know what? Let's shave no. let's shave his beard and paint his face blue like a smurf. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. We could paint a pork design over his whole face. Yeah, man. a pork. Oh, so he looks like a pork? Like a pork. The big black oh. dead glassy eyes. You... Why can't we just paint the pork on the back of his head and leave his beard alone? Yeah. Animals. Yes. Here's here's why. Let me just tell you real quick. <laughs> if you shave his beard off, he is going to be pale ass white underneath that. Oh, that's a good so look. So we don't have to paint a lot in the front because it's white, right? That's right. So we're good. Well, you say it's a good look because he's going to look like your pasty ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. For, so... for the listeners at home, if you could just... See the hate that is coming out of Scott Evansky's eyes right now. <laughs> oh, and his fingers. You're number one, Hello. apparently, Nico. Yeah, or, no, he's number. I think he's number, number eleven. Twice. He's number two. Uh, we've got other products that have come out since uh, <laughs> since Force Friday. Lenovo, the laptop and computer manufacturer, has Star Wars branded laptops. They're actually pretty cool. Best Buy sells them. You can get. Uh, the Rebel Insignia or the uh, Imperial Insignia on the, on the back. I like the Imperial one. Isn't that, that cool? Black, awesome. Glossy black with the uh, Imperial logo there. Pretty that's, cool. That's nice. Like that. Um, also at Best Buy right now or or soon, we've got this, uh, uh, what is it, Augmented Reality AR? Yes. This actually looks really interesting. Yeah. I'm called curious to try this. Jedi Challenges. Is awaken your inner Jedi with a smartphone-powered augmented reality Star Wars experience. Shows a girl wearing the uh, augmented reality mask and holding uh, what looks to be a lightsaber hilt. Mm-hmm. And it uh, looks like she's having a lightsaber battle uh, in her visor there. And it's got a picture. It shows the living room with Kylo Ren sort of uh, in a menacing pose holding his lightsaber. 
I, I'm really impressed. This thing with, looks really awesome. Yeah, with the graphics alone, with the Kylo right there. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty it has, cool. It has a such a holographic. Uh, early Star Wars feel to it. Well, I, I'm really excited to try it out. I'm talking about holographs. Yeah. You yeah. can also play hollow chess. That's awesome. And this thing looks awesome because it's, uh, it literally looks Wait, like hollow chess. Does that chess. mean that we have, does that mean we have official rules for hollow chess now? Yeah, maybe, maybe that's a good point. Have those been published? I, you know what? Nerds. I'm not sure. I would think that Dave or Scott would know. If you if you're not sure, then I doubt they exist. I know a lot about the basic. Dave's already googling it. I see it in his eyes. Yeah, yeah. I have, our I have crack research that. assistant Dave Potter is on that. No, I'm admiring you nerds oh. for wanting to know that there are rules for hollow chests. And then uh, there's also a strategic combat mode. It says lead rebel forces against the Empire in large scale ground wars. So this sort of looks like. Um, Oh gosh, class like kind of like Clash of Clans, uh, Star Wars style, except it's all 3D in like uh, you know like three and three quarter inch size figures running across your living room floor attacking the uh, the other the couch yeah attacking the attacking like the you know the Empire is attacking the rebels and there's a walker there's like a chicken walker there and it looks pretty awesome guys I will we call them real time strategy games. Oh. We do. He we says. Do. Is, that, is that the as the, if he's part of the like real millennial generation? Hey, you punk ass millennial! You know we <laughs> came up with that before you. It's called Gen X. We rule. Anyway, wow. I am posting or will post the Hollow Chess Dejeric rules. So there are actual actual rules to Dejeric that are posted. Yes, that's beautiful. Oh, that's cool. And there apparently are a lot of them and very strategic moves. By right. the way. Very cool. Uh, so you get this visor, lightsaber controller, uh, the headset, a tracking beacon, and uh, looks like it's one ninety nine. I think I saw pre order for one ninety nine. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm cheaper than an iPhone X. There you go. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Nah. And actually, they're calling it iPhone ten now. I've seen on what? quite a few sites. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Well, that's Roman numeral 10. Stupid. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Same for thing the, with OS X. For the 10-year anniversary. Right? OS X. Yeah. It's OS 10, and they're going to call it OS X iPhone X. It's not going to happen. Were you guys glued to the uh, the Apple announcement the same, the way that I was? Yeah. No. no. Oh, <laughs> come on, you guys. Man. <laughs> Best company in the world. Nope. Apple. Nope. <laughs> what do you got in your pocket there, buddy? That's an Apple iPhone, I yeah. believe. Yeah. All right. No, that's an Apple iJob. <laughs> it is. It is, Nico. Wow. Thank you for clarifying that. Uh, I'm running uh, Windows on this. <laughs> right. Uh, now, Greg, hopefully we have Greg back because he posted on the show notes. You know, you guys can add to the show notes and you actually review them before the show begins. What? I know. Madness. It's been a Madness. Don't tell me that because you're just going to get a bunch of porn links. <laughs> well, Greg posted. Hey, but Can you hear this? Can you hear me? Uh, yep, yep. Yep. We got yep. you. Excellent. We got you. Fantastic. Greg, you posted uh, that the season pass for Star Wars Battlefront is free until October 5th. What's that about? <laughs> uh, well. Uh-oh. I'm so excited you can't even talk about it. You see what it means is. Yeah, yeah. Try that again. Um, there you go. We got you. 
Was it not coming? Was it not coming through? Not at all. Okay? Not at all. But I hear you loud and clear now. Huh? Excellent. I'm so glad. Um, so what I I got an email actually on my PlayStation account, and it's is it it's it dying again? It's dying again. No, 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 you're good. He's pointing at something on the screen. <laughs> it's not you, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Greg. So, so Greg, you you, you mentioned uh, that there's a season pass for Star Wars Battlefront for free until October 5th. I did. So the suckers who purchased the season pass for the Battlefront game that came out two years ago and they paid, I don't know, like 30, 40 bucks for it or something like that. You can have it for free right now by going to the PlayStation Store and downloading it for your game. So if you never got to fight on, I don't know, Bespin, uh, the Outer Rim, on well, let me let me pick you... up where Greg left off. Uh, the Death Star, uh, Greg, you there? Yeah, still here. Okay. But what if I play on Xbox or PC? Uh, I know you can get it on the PC from the Origin website. Uh, I'm not sure about Xbox. Uh, I, I I don't I I don't have an Xbox, and Kyler doesn't have the game for his Xbox, so I don't know. Uh, just for a little bit, let me add something in there. For PC, it's not free. It's five dollars. That's wow. Five dollars. Wow. Make you have it. Strong. <laughs> uh wow, okay. So that's that's a pretty good deal. Um we did not buy the season pass, but we did uh we did get some DLCs. I think we We didn't buy the season pass, but at one point we could buy like a bunch of the DLCs for like I don't know, fifteen bucks or something. We did that. For each one? No, for like three. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I was a sucker. I bought the pass, but uh, uh, we have everything, and it's amazing. Uh, I will say I did do a couple uh, little video researches on Battlefront 2, and i got to tell you, it's looking damn good. It's really going to be a fun game, guys. Cool. Yeah, it looks really good. Uh, there is a campaign. There's a single-player campaign. That's, it, it, it revolves around a an Imperial soldier. Uh, and she was around for the for the destruction of the second Death Star, and she's kind of on a revenge mission or something like that, from what I understand. Oh, yeah. Tie fighter pilot, is that correct? Hmm. I, I, it's more like they're more. Oh no! Oh. They're... <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, sorry, you died, buddy. We almost got you. They're like an elite soldier squad, from what I understand. There it is. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Cool. Is it Jin Erso? Did she survive? <laughs> no. <laughs> also available this week from Lego, the ultimate Millennium Falcon. You guys see this? This thing is insane. This thing is uh, 7,500 pieces. It costs $799. So 800 bucks. Actually, it looks like California, 899 Is that right? What the hell? That's weird. But uh, yeah, about eight hundred bucks it's going to cost you to get this uh, <laughs> Millennium Falcon. It's huge. It looks like it's about maybe two and a half feet long and and uh, two feet wide. That's Canada, my friend. <laughs> oh, is that what that? It says CA. There we go. U.S. I know it says U.S. and then California. Like, what the hell? No, Steve's right. California's broken off. We're our own country now. We are. <laughs> Thank God. California currency. <laughs> um. So we have a quick video. Now, the greatest thing about this video is the voices, because they're from Sweden and all. 
<laughs> love these guys. But uh, this is a video put up by Lego. Lego designer video 75192 Millennium Falcon. Hi, I'm Hans. I'm a model designer on the Lego Star Wars team. And I'm Maddie, a graphic designer on the Lego Star Wars team. And here we have the brand new UCS Ultimate Collector Series Millennium Falcon 2017 edition. <laughs> 2017 marks the 40th anniversary of the original Star Wars movie. It's also the 10th anniversary of the original, older UCS Millennium Falcon. So this year we're bringing the model back. Same size as before, but greatly enhanced. For example, the piece count went up from 5,200 pieces to 7,500 elements, making this the largest LEGO set ever. This model... We're bringing the model back! I think the, I love the, that guy. Oh my god. <laughs> now you guys we'll we'll put the link on our Facebook page. You need to go and watch this whole thing. It's it's five minutes long. But the this what's funny about it is the Swedish guy gets annoyed yes. with the kid. I was gonna Did say Did you notice that? Oh yeah. No no no. <laughs> Maddie yeah. this spoiler alert yeah. for the Lego designer video seven five one nine two millennium Millennium Falcon. Uh there is a great moment where Maddie flubs up basically saying that the extra characters involved right or, or included in the kit are from the, the force figures the minifigures yeah. they split it for empire strikes back figures and he makes the mistake of saying the force awakens and oh my god hans wants to kill maddie it's yeah. the best it's the best it's awesome when, when you get angry looks from a swedish person it's 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 not <laughs> scary at all it's it's comical actually funny it's, it's adorable it is it is it's cute especially when you see these two me out of my ox. It, it's <laughs> it's like it's like getting angry looks from a pork it's just you know it's not threatening <laughs> at all i or i swear to god porgs are going to be the most vicious creatures in the star wars universe and we are just ripping on these this like, is how porgs god. get mad why That's going to break, and it's going to be going all night long. Oh, man, I know. Oh, what? With huge, pointy, nasty teeth. That's what she said. It, it goes all night long. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that. Um, okay. Uh, what else we got here, guys? Oh, oh, this is big news. I really want to hear from you guys on this one. Star Wars Marvel Films moving from Netflix to the Disney streaming service. This is official now. Disney is moving all of their Star Wars content to their own streaming service. This is uh, Disney CEO Bob Iger on Thursday. The chairman and chief executive officer of the Walt Disney Company, Bob Iger. On Thursday, um, all right, you guys can all wake up now. Announced that the, uh, the company has decided to move Marvel and Star Wars films to its forthcoming streaming service, set to launch in 2019. The announcement ends speculation about what would happen to the Marvel and Lucasfilm titles currently being streamed on Netflix. When the Walt Disney Company announced last month that it would launch a Disney-branded direct-to-consumer streaming service, Iger said Disney and Pixar movies on Netflix would move to the planned streaming service. Now, this kind of contradicts earlier reports about uh, them leaving the movies with Netflix for a while. And, uh, I mean, uh, Dave, to me, this was an, uh, an inevitability a mathematical certainty this was going to happen uh i'm interested to get your take on this and is this a good move 
for Disney? Yeah, it's a great move for Disney. And I don't see how them moving there in 2019, it doesn't mean that they're going to be with Netflix for a while. That's two more freaking years. That's at least a couple hundred Scaramucci's. It's going <laughs> to be there for a while. But yeah, I mean, Disney has legit one of the great film libraries out there for anybody. So if they launch their own streaming service and you get access to to everything for I don't know, 15 bucks a month, I'm pretty sure I'm going to subscribe to it. Especially if they have Song of the Frickin' South on there. It's not going to happen. I was going to say they does this Song mean of that the South, gonna Star Wars Holiday yeah. Special two completely unseen blacklisted oh projects and they they should be available because they are historical products of that time and we should not be pretending that they don't exist i think people are yeah i think we're all smart enough to say this is a product of the times and put it in its proper context song of the south may have one of the most iconic disney uh, songs out there but they will never ever put that movie out there so dave if you need a copy <laughs> we might and I ordered from the Swedish guy at the Lego factory. Hans, yeah, yeah. Hans might have a copy of that. Would you like to have the copy of my Song of the South? <laughs> Did you say Song of the South or Schlong of the? Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> Schlong going south. Uh, I I I think we've talked about this on the show that you can't find that movie anywhere, right? Like you can't even on Amazon or what? Yeah, Song no, of the South. It, it's oh, no, not no, available. No. It's available in foreign markets, I think. You can find a copy in foreign markets, but you can't find it anywhere in the United States. The last legally. official copy that was, I think, produced by Disney was in 1991, and that was on Laserdisc. And Greg has three copies with his Laserdisc player in the garage. I would like to say nice. that Hans would like to hook you up with one. <laughs> now, for those for the for our younger fans or fans that may not know. Um, Greg, can you give a quick overview of, of uh, why this is significant? Why what's what what about Song of the South is uh, would be interesting to see on on the Disney streaming service? I'd like to say, prior to Greg doing his little speech, thank you for letting Greg do his little speech. <laughs> well, I thought I would let our most politically correct uh, <laughs> host uh, give it a shot. Let's just say that there, while it was a product of its time period, there were parts of the of the family film that were racially insensitive. What? I think that's putting it mildly. Brer yes. Rabbit was it? Brer Rabbit. It was. It was. It started in minute one and, and ended in minute ninety. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, but well, it, they still. It, it's got one of the more iconic Disney songs in it, and you can still hear that song throughout the park, which is Whistle While You Work. Fuck him right in the pussy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's my favorite Disney song. Oh, excuse me. Not Whistle While You Work. Zippity Doo Dah. Excuse me. Sorry, the Jameson's is kicking. Zippity I was going to say, Whistle While You Work was Snow White, Dave. Yeah, sorry. If any, pretty sure it was the thong song. It was the thong that, song. That being said, though, Dave, when we. Well, we bring up Snow White. We're trying to have a serious conversation here, and it's not going well. I've been trying to do this for a year and a half. All right, Dave? I don't want to hear complaining from you. Nico, please try. Help us. Now, this new streaming service, does this mean that we're going to get vaulted Disney movies that are going to stream all the time, like the older 
movies that they would only bring back on VHS and DVD, you know, periodically for limited time engagements. Are we going to be able to stream these if we weren't lucky enough to buy the films when they were, you know, re-released for home viewing? over the years uh, Nico that's a great point Disney uh, for our fans that don't know this Disney has a is notorious for uh, releasing a film on whatever the popular format is at the time and then once that format once that release basically hits peak moment they will put that away in what they call the uh, the Disney vaults for at least 10 years uh, usually waiting for a new format to come out um, it happens all the time. They release diamond editions, and uh, there's multiple versions that come out, but usually over a decade. So, could we get a Star Wars Episode Four original theatrical release streaming? Yeah, probably not. Disney. Probably not. Yeah, Hans, because Fox owns Hans, that. Hans has a copy for you, Steve. <laughs> But how cool would that be? I mean, we've joked a lot about it being in the box set, and you know how how it, yes. there's no way it's 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 ever going to possibly happen. There's a lot of, of course, you know, confusion and conversation about what was the theatrical release because you know he was still editing the film after it had been released in some markets. Yeah. Um. So what is the original theatrical release? But I, you know, that would be really really cool. I want to go back to I want to I want to create my own Star Wars film with the pieces that I like. From the original release and and the the re-release, um, but but aside from that's never going to happen. So, uh, strike a deal with Fox. Come on, get that done. You're fucking Lucasfilm and Disney. Get it done. God and Disney. And Disney. Come on, so, Kathy. Shit. Kathy. Yeah. Kennedy. I know you're out there, and I know you're listening. You're a big fan of the show. Oh, she is a fan of the. She listens every single week. She does. She emails you, right, directly? I mean, come on. Let's let's bust some of those out. Let's talk. Well, uh, she just comes over usually. Oh, oh, yeah, you, Kathy, by. and the Porg? Yeah. Okay. Uh, look, we want that. It's it's just a given. And maybe it's because we want it, but just come on, Disney. Come on, Kathy. You can do it. I know you can. They, I, I, would, I'll, I would sign up immediately if they did that. Yeah. I want to see that whenever I want to see it. Yeah. 15 bucks a month. Can I make you... Can I make all four of you feel really old real quick for a second? You do it Even every time we're on the show with time? you. Yes. Yeah, I know. Well, let me put it uh, uh, a new way for all of you. The only edition of Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope that I've ever seen is the digitally remastered re-release. What are you doing on this podcast? <laughs> you know, uh, there are versions of that film that are viewable in certain living rooms. Well, I don't have <laughs> friends close enough or good enough to share that with me. You do know wow. Hans. Aww. Aww. Somebody get him a tissue. <laughs> well, all right, we're going to have to we're going to have to uh see what we can do to have a viewing then. We, wait, we wait. need to get that done for Nico. Let me let me clear. Seriously, Nico, I have to ask you this. In all seriousness, you've never seen the original Star Wars films. I've only seen the digital remastered re-release of Episode Four. The '97 re-release. Great. The Yavin no, we, Four. We had, no, we, that's, we had it on. We had it on v, on on a VHS tape when you were, but in like '95, '96. Yeah. Okay, so I was five years old. Exactly. The only one I remember watching is the digital re-release with the Yavin Four. That's Red that's that's, that's probably that's probably valid. 
You were seven when those re-releases came out. So, I mean, the, I was seven oh, when the original shit. came out. <laughs> he was seven. Dave just, dro- yeah. just <laughs> dropped something. He's definitely not <laughs> reacting to the year and age remarks that's coming up. Yeah, I was just going to say, <laughs> Greg, you were seven. I was five when those came out. And I vividly yeah. remember all five times in all five theaters I saw that movie. That's something that doesn't, I guess, sink in with uh, these younger uh, kids nowadays. I was, I, I saw, I saw it multiple times in multiple theaters. You also have to put it this way, uh, Scott. I didn't go to a theater to watch it until it was re-released in '97. Right. Oh, oh yeah. wow! Yes. We watch it at home. But 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 to to Scott's point, I'm just comparing my experience. Scott, you're a freak when it comes to this stuff because I saw it. You know, multiple times in multiple theaters, um, as well. A lot more than five times in the theaters, and it would come back and play in theaters every summer. So I would see it over multiple summers. I would go to see it. Wow. I mean, the first run was over a year, right? It did not leave most theaters for a full year. Yeah. Well, well, original release was somewhere around I think seventy prints were out there. Uh, that was May 25th, 1977, mm. and it wasn't until it really became a, like a phenomenon, uh, which was late summer, so I'm talking late July, early August, was when it was like suddenly released into like like what we see nowadays, hundreds if not thousands of theaters. Mm. So that was one of the things. Well, yeah, I was going to say, the, the, way, the way they release movies is completely different. Yeah, well, 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 go back to that, Greg. Say that again. Sorry, we br- you were breaking up. <laughs> Repeat. That's okay. the, the, way, the way that they added movies to the public back then is completely different in those days than it is now. It's just it's just they spread it all over the place now. Before it would it would go to, from one theater and it, the, the and the film would travel. Yeah, that's true. But but again, let's look back at this. Star Wars was one of those things that uh, happened. It was a phenomenon because of the time it was released. It wasn't originally scheduled to be released in May, uh, the summer of seventy seven. Uh, it was it was actually bumped to that position. Uh, if you read a lot of the background and the history of that movie, uh, it was it was a great moment for George to kind of push his movie out there. But they would nobody would bet on it, and that's why it had such a limited release at the time. Yes, you're right, Greg. Most movies did have that kind of traveling uh, a release thing that was going on. But this was one of those things where it was a summer release and really changed the idea of the way the film industry worked in releasing films. Um, once people started, I mean, we've all seen the photos, the black and white shots of Grauman's Chinese theater here in Hollywood, California, uh, where there's just thousands of people lined up. And that, that famous story of George being across the street at, I believe the, the restaurant there was hamburger Hamlet at the time, uh, nervous as hell that his movie wasn't going to sell. And he looks out across the street and that whole place just has thousands of people lined up which we are all pretty much experienced with nowadays, that wasn't a common thing that happened back then. So to see that film in the course of two, three months go from a a limited 70 theaters, 70 prints out there, to upwards of, I think it was like 500 to 800 screens. That was a big thing back then. So, uh, you know, being a kid, five years old, seven years old, yeah, okay, First of all, Greg, thank you. That's a compliment. I appreciate the freak thing because uh, <laughs> I wear my freak flag high. Okay, so friend. there's a. I, I just I saw. A, you reminded me. Your your uh, 
Yeah. Talking about the movie release dates reminded me. There's a shirt out right now, T-shirt. Mm-hmm. I think it's at I don't know, Walmart or Hot Topic or something. I've seen a bunch of guys online, you know, wearing it. It's a black T-shirt, white print. Mm-hmm. It's got um, the Last Jedi logo on the front. Okay. And then on the back, across the top, it says Star Wars, and it has Episode One through Eight and the release dates. Yeah, I have the Force Awakens version of that. Okay. So I don't have the That's... new one, which I'll probably end up. Yeah, I want to get that new one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it looks cool. Uh, but yes, no, that that freak flag is, is uh, as a kid, that was a life-changing moment for me. That was like, oh my God, I relate to this. I'm excited about this. This is something I've never seen before. Uh, and, and I remember vividly going out to Hollywood. I remember vividly going to uh, multiple theaters, uh, Pacific Theaters in Lakewood was one of the few places that was showing a 70 millimeter print. Um, I also saw it at the Cerritos Twin. I can remember those moments vividly. And maybe it was just who I was at the time. I had weird moments that were happening, but they stood out for me. And that's one of those things. Nico, you made a great point of saying you didn't actually see the re-releases on the big screen. You saw them on video or at home on DVD or something to that effect. Is that correct? No, no, I got to see the re-releases in in theaters. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. But I've never gotten to see the originals in theaters. I never got to watch any of the original releases in theaters well, because yeah. I was a squidling in a sack. Well, how old? <laughs> <laughs> well I, I get that, but I'm just. How old were you? Did you say when you saw the first one? You were seven. Yes. Okay. So here's another thing. Again. Greg, again, I'm going to use the term. I also didn't have to wait years and years and Scaramucci's in between <laughs> the original threes to watch them all either. I got to watch them back to back to back in one sitting. 17 years, but who's counting? Um, let's just say this for, for shits and giggles here real quick. In 1996, the summer of 96 was also kind of a sci-fi fun time for people. Independence Day was released uh, on July 4th or that weekend. Mm. Um, it was announced here in L.A. that uh, certain shows were going to be debuting the re-release trailer for Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Mm. And at that time, in 96, my roommate I was living with at the time in uh, the city of Orange, California, uh, we decided to drive all the way out to Westwood, which is a hell of a drive if you're living in Orange County, California, to go... In the sticks. Yeah, in the sticks totally in the sticks, uh, to drive all the way out to Westwood to see Independence Day, which we had already seen and didn't really care to go back to see, just to see the Star Wars trailer. And it was a phenomenon. Like we, People were lined up like Star Wars in 1977, knowing full well that this was one of the three theaters in the nation that was going to be playing this trailer. Again, it wasn't like nowadays where trailers just show up and you see it in, in front of every single screening. It was one of those things like, be here at this time for like one week and you will see this trailer. And uh, it, it, was a, it was one of those things that stands out of my mind of, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to make an effort to drive all the way out there and stand in line and see this trailer. And it was like, I, I, I sound ridiculous. It was always. Yes, I know. you. I, 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 I get you, Nico. I get you. <laughs> Am I talking to Nico or am I talking to the little squiggly guy in the sack? <laughs> no, just me. He's got nothing. He's got just nothing. Me. That's what a squiggle does. Guys, we got one more story here. Uh... <laughs> Point of fun fact: while, while we're all nostalgic, waxing nostalgic here, I just got to say, the Phantom Menace was the first the first movie I ever illegally downloaded. 
<laughs> oh, true confessions. Here we go. Now, was it downloaded before the movie was released or sometime after? Oh, sometime after. Okay. Sometime All after. Right. You did not illegally download it, Gregory. You smuggled it in less than 12 parsecs to the computer. Exactly. <laughs> It took a lot longer than 12 parsecs back in the day, let me tell you. Oh, my God. Uh, 128 <laughs> bod modem. Oh, yeah, those were the good days. Dude, Titanic trailer took me like six hours to download that stupid trailer. I'll never forget that. For the love of God, why did you download the Titanic trailer? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's pause for a second to, to dwell on this. This is just I have, yesterday, I, right? I, 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 the, I, the, the, I, freak, the freak thing I called you, Scott, was out of love earlier. Now it's out of pure hatred. Yeah. <laughs> I have I why, have why? I have I have the quote from the movie to explain all of Scott's actions. Yeah. Draw me like one of your French girls, Jack. <laughs> Ooh, there you go. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the boobs aren't in the trailer. And no. Scott Scott, don't don't worry. I know Greg's upset, but his heart will go on. It will go It'll on. Be okay. Forever. <laughs> We'll okay. Never let go. <laughs> Where do you go from there? I, don't know. I know it's uh, it's just because you loved me. This ship is sinking fast. Wow, wow. <laughs> There's an iceberg ahead of this whole this whole podcast right now, <laughs> <laughs> and we all see it. <laughs> it's right ahead. <laughs> well, the iceberg is actually in my browser. Because there is a story here from GQ about some guy named Harrison Ford. He's a pilot, right? He's a pilot. Yeah. Uh, he's a pilot small Not airplanes for much around longer, Orange County. Uh, who punched another guy. Uh-oh. And the other guy's name was Ryan Gosling. <sighs> Thank God. This is uh, Harrison Ford <laughs> being interviewed in GQ. He says, I punched Ryan Gosling in the face, Ford confirms. Then he adds, by way of clarification, that Ryan Gosling's face was where it should have not been. So this is as they were filming um, the new Blade Runner film, which comes out when? Next week? Oh my god, is it that quick? It's coming soon. No. Or, That's I mean, what said. It's in October. That's what the Borg said. Wow. <laughs> it's coming soon. One quote that I thought that's uh, grabbing a lot of Star Wars fans' attention is uh, Harrison Ford says, I'm finished with Star Wars if Star Wars is finished with me. But it is science fiction. Oh, son of a bitch. What do you think? <laughs> They're going to make him a goddamn Jedi, aren't they? Oh, no. His ghost is going to be haunting our asses forever. There's no way that some hokey religion is going to bring back Han Solo. There's no yeah. way. He yeah. wouldn't let it happen. Yeah, he would. He would not let that hokey, hokey religion drag him back. He would be all blasters and yes. smuggling and Huey, scoundrels. Huey. The best and I know. The best part of this too was the the nerds online going, "Well, technically, Star Wars is not science fiction; it's fantasy." <laughs> yes. which, I love, which I love. Yes, oh. correcting Harrison Ford. That's a that's what you want to be doing with your time. <laughs> oh that's awesome. Now, this that, that has been, that has. Done nothing but gone over well with Harrison Ford for the past forty years, so I don't see why he would mind that at all. Yes. <laughs> but what what do you think that is? What what does he mean by "I'm finished with Star Wars"? If Star Wars is finished with me, I truthfully I think he's just fucking with people because he's Harrison Ford. Uh, a little bit of that, and and he has learned over the years to never close any door 
because somebody will always back up a dumb truck. I'm yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll take it from there, Greg. A, a dump <laughs> truck full of money, and if somebody, if if uh, Lucasfilm offers him twenty five million to be a force ghost in some movie, screw the fans, he's doing it. Yeah, as would you, Scotty Vansky. Uh, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'll be Harrison Ford's force ghost. That's what I'll be. By the way, we just uh, corrections and retractions. Blade Runner opens on October sixth. So, That's correct. Yeah, uh, about three weeks from now. Mm. Yeah. So it's not coming yet. <laughs> nope. It's only coming when the porg tells it to come. It's thinking about basketball. <laughs> it's the very lonely Luke tweet of the week. Red 5 standing by. Because if there's something to whine about, you can count on Luke. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Even though he's now an old man. No! It just isn't fair. Greg, what do you got for us this week? Oh, hear me, baby. Hold together just five more minutes. <laughs> oh, no. Please. I'm not, I am uh, a... You, you guys got me? I'm not going to make Scott's it. Scott's laughing. I'm not going to make it. You dropped out for a second, <laughs> but you're back. Alrighty, so I have uh, a completely abandoned Very Lonely Luke this week Aww. because, quite frankly, he's, he's not funny. So this week it's Glum George Lucas, everybody. <laughs> Glum George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> from uh, from a little bit of while ago, back in July. It's been a couple months, but this is a good one. The, the tweet says, do or do not. <laughs> Shit. Damn it. Still <laughs> <laughs> here. Unless Did you hear it? Yeah, we got to do or do not unless Unless you try to make a great movie but then years later you have to add a bunch of CGI. Then trying's okay. <laughs> oh, oh poor glum Maybe we should be doing Greg, we'll change it up to Star Wars tweet of the week. How about that? I like your uh that's good. Uh, that cuz we cuz that that gives me Oh man! Man, no, a lot more no, no. that gives complete silence for a second. <laughs> okay. So I, 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 if we're gonna close out, I do. I have a very lonely Luke tweet that I like. It's from a month ago. Bring it, Ray. You can't hide from your problems. Me, I know. They find your island and ask to be trained. <laughs> Curtain falls, but not hard enough. He was he was on fire early. Very lonely. Luke was so funny, and he just kind of he's kind of lost it. Yeah. You know, I, I, there's only so much you can do with your BLL, I guess. You're on an island by yourself. What are you gonna do? Right. Seriously. Well. He's got nothing but time to hone his craft. That's very true. <laughs> Uh, well, if you would like to share your favorite Star Wars Tweet of the Week, you can do so by well, a couple different ways. You can tweet at us at RetchHivePod on Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook. That's uh, Facebook.com forward slash WretchedHivePodcast. You can also leave us a voice message on the uh, Wretched Hive hotline. That's 562 562- 455-4483 that's 562-HIVE leave us a message H-I-V-E that's... for those of you who can't spell HIVE that's right, thank you Nico 
Find us online on the web at uh, our website, thewretchedhive.net. And uh, we have all our show notes there, and we'll be adding more content soon. The Porg looks dead behind him. Scott's <laughs> taking pictures of the Porg, who looks like it had one too many drinks and it's passed out. I'm putting this next to it. Uh, but maybe the best way to find us is uh, by subscribing to iTunes. And, and I have a favor to ask. If you're a fan of the show and you listen through iTunes, please go on. Leave us a review. A five-star review would be great, but we'll take whatever you would like to honestly rate us. Uh, that really helps us a lot. Leave, a, leave an iTunes review. And uh, tell us what you think about the show. We'd love to hear from you. and We'd love to connect with you. Those reviews really help our rankings in the old iTunes. So if you could do that, that would be great. Uh, guys, episode 45 is in the books. Any final thoughts? I feel the show was porktastic. I think we set a record for cum jokes on the show. <laughs> Did as we long just as that create? Is there, it's gonna continue. That's true. Did we create a new genre of jokes with the jokes? Oh, oh yeah. We set a record for the cum jokes. Guys, have a great Let's week. Go listen to the Ario Speedway. May the force be with us all. <laughs>